0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 742 of the Juicebox podcast. Never before has an episode had so much packed into one short hour. Suzanne's on the show today, and I'm not going to tell you anything about her life except for this. Suzanne sang backup for Billy Joel, Rod Stewart, and other famous musical artists. Her stories about her life, well, they fit right in with that. They are amazing. There are twists and turns in this one, and surprises, things you won't see coming. I certainly didn't. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician. Before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin, don't forget t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Go there, take the survey, complete the survey, help people living with type 1 diabetes. It's super simple, does not take much time at all. You could do it right now from your phone or your iPad or wherever your butt is, then you have access to the internet. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Complete the survey. Do me a favor. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by the Omnipod 5. Learn more about the Omnipod 5, Omnipod Dash, and everything else Omnipod has at Omnipod.com forward slash Juicebox. You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. Find out at the link. Speaking of links, Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. Speaking of maybe being eligible, you may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. Find out more about my favorite CGM at Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox.
1: My name is Suzanne and I live in Canada and I'm sure you can tell by the accent. That's not where I'm from. I was born in the UK, um, in Cornwall, uh, in the very early sixties. <laughs> um, but I've been, yeah, I've, I've moved away from there. I haven't lived back at home for a very, very long time. Um, and Let's get going,
0: Suzanne. The very early sixties—that's
1: when I was born. Yeah,
0: is that is that your way of trying not to tell me that you're sixty years old, or
1: no, I am sixty years old. Okay. No, I'm delighted to be sixty. Come on, that's quite an achievement. I've been a diabetic, type one diabetic, for fifty nine years.
0: Wow, you were you were diagnosed at, at a year old.
1: I was diagnosed very young. Yes, wow, just cool. just over a year old. Yeah,
0: that's insane. In yeah. like 19... Honestly, like 1961 ish, like right around. Yeah, there. no
1: kidding. Yeah, a little bit later than that actually, but yeah, yeah. I was diagnosed pretty early. Yeah, I was born in 19 in uh, I was born in 1962.
0: I was diagnosed in 1963. I got you. Okay, uh, yeah. That's me not realizing it's 2022 already. By the way, <laughs> Jesus.
1: Um, Hang on. Which one of us is sixty? <laughs> yeah.
0: Listen, I know I've been saying this a lot lately, but my knee is seventy five. If anybody's, an you know, if, hey, let me just throw this out here at the beginning of this. If any of you have been really helped by the podcast and you're an orthopedic surgeon in the Northeast, <laughs> could you call me? <laughs> Something's wrong with my knee. Uh, but I digress. W- w- do you, have you, my gosh, you're you're 60, your parents are with us or no?
1: No, no, unfortunately not. Um, my father died, gosh, 35 years ago um, from a heart attack and my mother passed away uh, just a few years ago. but. Was in her late
0: eighties. Wow, oh, good for her. Um, that's a it's a good long time. I take late eighties, no problem. <laughs> uh, did you ever talk about your diabetes with them as an adult? Did you ever look back on it with them?
1: Um, mm, no, not not really. Um, my sisters used to bitch about it a lot because they reckon I got all the attention and all the care and all the rest of it, but. Um, and think I was a spoiled brat because I'm the youngest of three but um, no I didn't my we just dealt with it so it became a fact of life nobody ever thought about it I don't think Um, so when I went home um, when I went back to my mum's house um, mum just automatically did what she'd always done I suppose
0: and so but you guys Um, never sat down and had a heart-to-heart about it or you were like mom was this hard to raise a baby with diabetes you just I mean, you're English. You probably don't talk about feelings, right? No,
1: we don't talk about things like that because that would involve feelings. <laughs> um, no, I never did. I did talk to my older sister, though, who is um, old enough, who is older than me enough that she looked after me a lot when I was little.
0: Okay.
1: Um, okay. And I did talk to her about it. And she remembers a lot more about things than I did. So when I was diagnosed, my parents were told that I'd be lucky to make my late 30s um and certainly don't expect me to live into my 40s um that I'd never have children and I have two um and that my life would be difficult and it hasn't been it's been great
0: good for you and continues to be great it's amazing I I Um, I don't see why it couldn't be just it's interesting no me neither but well
1: you know back in the day though I mean we were boiling urine and testing so you were always learning what your sugars were like six hours ago there was nothing. I mean, there were no A1Cs until I believe the mid eighties.
0: Right. Do you remember um, what you would do with that information after you after you threw your your urine in a witch's pot and did whatever you did with it? Like, what what do you, what did you do with the information then?
1: You know what? I don't remember my insulin being adjusted at all when I was little. Um, I don't. My mum must have done it all. I do remember that. My pediatrician got me this special injector pen, which was like a little gun thing with a trigger on the side. Really? Um, but it was glass syringes and metal needles and everything had to be boiled all the time. And then my mum stored it in Surgical Spirit. Um, and we used the same needle several times, metal needles, until, you know, it became dull. I guess when I scream loud enough mom changed it. No, I I mean I she, I didn't. I do all, I, one of the things I do remember though is that my mother um I do remember my mother telling me that she practiced injecting herself um because she was so afraid to inject a baby.
0: Yeah, I know that's scary. I've done that and it's uh yeah. it's a big leap to make. By the way, they still make the injection gun.
1: Mine was different though. Mine was It didn't look like the ones that you see now. It was, it held a very small glass syringe and the trigger was on the side of it. It was, it was a very different looking thing. I've never seen one like it before or since, but I remember it very clearly. And I probably used it until I was about 14. No kidding. Um, I started off on cow insulin, um, changed relatively quickly to pork insulin, and then Didn't go on, then went on to, uh, I think it was called Novo Rapid and Insulatard. Those are the Canadian names. I tend to remember the English ones better. No, Toronto. It was called Toronto here. Mm -hmm. Um, Went on to Toronto and Insulatard when I was 14. No kidding. And my insulins didn't change again until I was about 48. Wow. Yeah, I know, right?
0: Wow. You just, you, I know. Did you, did you use a pump in that time or were you injecting the? No, time? I
1: went on to a pump a year ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Look at you. I, yes, I like that you're still I, innovating.
1: And I started the Libre two years ago now, and now I'm on the Libre two. My insurance company, because I don't live in Britain my, anymore, my insurance company won't cover the Dexcom because I'm too well controlled.
0: Well, you know, there's a thing called a letter of medical necessity you could get here in the United States. I don't know if it exists in Canada, but uh, I
1: just, you know what? I honestly just decided not to bother because I'm good as I am. Really, tired of fighting. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do pretty well. My A1C is around 5.6, 5, 5.8. 5, 5. 6, 5. So, uh, you know, I'm not likely to tighten that up much more. How, how <clears> long so have
0: you been I'm, in that kind of, um, in that range?
1: I've been in that kind of range since I had my son 30 years
0: ago. Good for you. And so your first child? Yes. Okay. So is it fair to say for the first 30 years you weren't that concerned and then somebody told you you needed to do a certain thing to have a baby? Is that what got you there?
1: No. Somebody told me you're pregnant. You really better look after yourself. Because I was always told that I wouldn't be able to have children. So didn't really think too much about it until all of a sudden my husband and I were pregnant. Well, you know, mostly me, let's be real. Um, and, um, yes. So I, I was terribly concerned about having an unhealthy baby. Um, so I pulled my A1Cs back at that time to below five with no hypos. Um, that's the tightest control I've had was with when I've been pregnant with both my, with both of my children.
0: Where were they prior to your pregnancy?
1: Uh, they were uh, probably in the low sixes, um, and my son was born in nineteen ninety one. So A one Cs were also very new, and I only have my A one C done once every year.
0: Okay, um, in the low sixes, do you think you were having a lot of like low blood sugars, or were you was your variability pretty straightforward?
1: No, I I've always had extremely good hypo warning, so I get to about. 3.5, 3.6. Sorry, I'm I'm English and Canadian. I don't do your thing I with the it, numbers. Don't worry. Um, but I, I get to about that kind of number and I know and I instantly will take a few swigs of a Coke or a Sprite or something like that. That's my quickest way to get out of a hypo is to take some kind of uh, fizzy pop usually.
0: So around, um, around a 60 blood sugar for us is what... Is right. That's what that comes down to. It's, I, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I'll just take a couple of swigs and that'll usually level me out.
0: Gotcha. Look at you. Um, it Let took
1: go. took a long time not to stuff my face to the point that my sugar levels were then through the roof, you know, that 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 panicky feeling.
0: Yeah. Did you learn to overcome it or learn to ignore it?
1: Um, I guess I learned to ignore it because really during pregnancy, because... I learned to do the 15 grams, 15 minutes.
0: Hmm. Are, are you saying that the pregnancy really just gave you the um, determination or the will to do the things you probably knew you were supposed to be doing all along?
1: 100%. Okay. 100%. And then the fact that I had children and um, needed to change my lifestyle. Because, I mean, I was I was a touring musician. I was a total wild child.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. We were going to get to that. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i um so you grow up the entire time with diabetes not really I, I, i'm assuming it didn't really take up much of your life right like you're shooting that that like that cow and that pork stuff what are you shooting that like once or twice a day
1: twice a day yep
0: twice, twice right And when you get up and mix a mix, before a mix
1: of a fast acting and a low acting in the morning and a mix of a fast acting and a low acting
0: in the evening okay and so other than that, it's not like you're testing. It's not like you have access to data. Nope. You just, you're living. If you get dizzy, you eat something. If you don't get dizzy, it's a good day.
1: Yeah. If you're thirsty, you increase your, your fast acting a little bit.
0: Thirst makes you think high blood sugar.
1: Well, not, not just thirst, but that kind of dry, really dry mouth.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. So you, you totally looked to physical cues.
1: I had no I had no choice really. Yeah, nothing um, even if you were in if you were in the hospital, you could get a blood test, and it took a short period of time for it to come back. But I have never been in DKA in my life. Once I was diagnosed, D-
0: did you live as a child thinking you weren't going to live very long? Did did anyone? No, tell nobody you? told me. No one ever said it to you.
1: No, I was an extraordinarily happy, very middle class child with a pony and a boat. Gotcha. Okay. No, it was okay. it was idyllic. Honestly, truly, my childhood was idyllic. No I don't remember any problems from it. I'm sure my poor mother was frantic, but I don't remember any problems.
0: Well, you have kids. I mean, you have kids. Who are if I'm yeah. doing my math right, your children are around 30 years old, right, or a little older?
1: I have a son who is 30. Who is just my second granddaughter was born yesterday.
0: Oh, congratulations!
1: Thank you. And I have a daughter who is 22, who has her own autoimmune disorder, but not diabetes. Um, my daughter actually has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome.
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: Yeah, we should have stayed at the gene pool, frankly, but you know what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, so and she is an FEI groom um, with show jumpers.
0: She, okay, hold on a second. There were a lot of words there. I only understood some of them, but I want to. I want to go back. She's to an something.
1: Olympic. She's basically a, a groom for a limp, an Olympic show jumper. Oh
0: no, kidding! Um, all right, so we'll figure this out in a second. But my my initial thing for bringing up your children was to say, can you imagine if your if you thought your son was on a thirty year countdown to being dead? No, and you didn't. And no, you couldn't tell him.
1: No, I cannot even begin to imagine that at all. Um, I just and I know that it was things like that were a constant worry to my mother. I mean, at nine, I actually contracted salmonella um, and I was in the hospital for about three months. And I suspect my mother thought I was going to die then as well. Um, Yes, I think my mother lived in a state of constant fear and it must have been awful, but she didn't show it. She was a really great, loving, kind, fun mum.
0: Wow. I just wondered if if she looked at you like a like a ticking bomb you know what i mean
1: she she did i think until things got easier okay um but they let me fly they really did let me fly i mean i used to go off for the day with my packet of sandwiches and ride my horse and go with my friends and there were no cell phones there was nothing and i i know now that mum would drive her car to places where she knew she could see us from the distance and know that we were that I was safe, but I had no idea that that was happening. They- I just thought I was just like everybody else. I had no clue that I don't think I am any different, but I had no clue that my mother perceived me as being a a, a, a walking zombie. Effectively,
0: Suzanne, that almost made me cry when you said about your mom driving places and watching you from a distance. Yeah, it got me. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, and it's what mums do, right?
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, I know. But, My mom
1: was a pretty awesome mom.
0: Yeah, no kidding. She certainly was. Uh, yeah. And plus, they were probably like, ah, I'll let her go. She's going to be dead soon anyway.
1: <laughs> possibly. There's possibly some of that involved, too, that you let your child enjoy what you think they can.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes... See, that's what I was initially wondering about, like, your, you know, you're basically what you did with your life. Like, hmm. did you end up being a wild child because... Maybe in the background, people were sort of like, "Yeah, just let Suzanne go. It Don't matter," you, you know. Like, and maybe, maybe that was good. Maybe that was good for you. I've
1: never been. I was definitely wild, but I've never been stupid.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I've not, never not forgotten to
1: take my insulin. I've never forgotten to take the right amount of carbs for the insulin that I've injected. I am sub- I'm an odd mix, I think, of control freak and wild child.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's just, I think it's nice. Wild pensioner. (laughs) Pensioner. Trying to call yourself a child. Like you're going to get done talking to me and pick up a cane and walk away. I know how you feel. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) But but, no, I mean, you know, I think that anybody who has a child will know this, that there's a moment when you you make a decision, right, about like how hard are you going to pull back on the reins and how much are you going to let go? And in your heart... You want to just let them go. And then there's this fear fear in your head that thinks like, I'm going to make them a heroin addict if I don't give them some rules, right? Like you have some like wild concern and then you pull back. And I wonder how much of that is valuable and how much of it ends up being harmful and how maybe it's sometimes not necessary for some people versus other children. And, And maybe you just got like a... Maybe you got the like, woo, let's go, parents, because they thought. Yeah, you
1: were have I, don't well, no, I don't think I did. No? I think I got my mum used did used to say that I raised you until you were old enough to know how to do it yourself.
0: How old do you think you were when that was?
1: Well, I mean, I left. I left home to go and tour at fifteen.
0: <laughs> okay. um,
1: but so was I old enough to know how to do it myself? I knew how to look after my diabetes, but I also knew right from wrong. Okay. Um, And that was made very clear to us as children. Um, I have never been smacked. I don't, I, I've never smacked my children and I have never been smacked. My mum was a reasoner. She Mm -hmm. would, she was a yeller. She would yell, but she was, she would explain why you couldn't do it and why that was probably not the best idea. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted to, survive basically this was what I had to do and that was ingrained in me I think
0: okay um well that makes sense to me so what makes you wait you left when you were 15 to do what
1: I went on tour with Krista Berg in 1977
0: how long did that last for
1: Oh, on and off a couple of years I've also toured with Rod Stewart Elton John really
0: As um, like a backup singer
1: yeah yeah, started a tour with Billy Joel, but it didn't go very well for me. Um, I, I quit that one. Um, uh, I've, I've been in musical theater, and then eventually I went back to school, and now I have two doctorates. In what? I have a doctorate in advanced vocal production. I have a master's in jazz musicianship, and I have a doctorate in psychology.
0: No kidding. Would you do something with those, or you just show them off? I teach. I teach. That's lovely. Good for you. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about that life. So especially with diabetes. Um yeah. but yeah I mean, but I'm drawn to first ask you why Billy Joel and you didn't get along. So let's let's start there and work backwards.
1: Somebody got hold of the bus key, the women's bus key, uh, some guy and barged his way onto the bus and I was furious about it. And nobody took me seriously. So I walked out.
0: No kidding. What tour was that? Do you remember?
1: Oh gosh. That would have been in the early
0: 80s. The early 80s. So about Christy yeah. Brinkley time? Yes. yes. Look at maybe an old no and stuff that nobody else understands. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> I imagine there are just scads of people right now going, Christy Brinkley and Billy Joel. What is he even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Billy Joel, first of all?
1: Yeah, who are all these people they're yeah, talking yeah.
0: about? <laughs> I don't understand. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. What's this now? Um, is it about the greatest job in the world, being a backup singer? Or is it arduous? Is it repetitive? Or do you love it?
1: I, I loved it. I just I just love music. Um, but, I, no, I did love it because it, it, it was a different place every day. You woke up in a different place every day kind of thing. <clears throat> um, it was... it it was difficult as a diabetic because the hours are weird and wonderful and you had to work your way around that. Um, I also had some drug involvement really without almost knowing that I was taking it. Somebody gave me some pills to keep me awake. Um, and that was, that was a a whole issue that, that developed, that, that changed things a lot for me and made me much more conscious of my health. Um, but it, it was, it was a good life though. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a huge amount of fun. It was wild and it was crazy. And it was, it was who knew if it was Monday or Friday. Um, it's, it's Vegas. It must be Tuesday. It was, it was wild, but it was awesome.
0: Yeah. I imagine. So uh, how old were you when someone gave you, I'm assuming amphetamines and told you that
1: 17.
0: Oh, and you just thought like, I mean, I mean, where I don't want to put words in your mouth. Did you think you were doing something a little wrong, or were you like, "Oh, this is what people do. This is okay."
1: Didn't have a clue.
0: Hmm.
1: Didn't have a clue.
0: Did those? People, um, God, I'm sorry. Was just
1: thinking. told. I was offered these tablets and was told, "Oh, this, you know, it's an upper, keep you awake." And I'm like, "Well, is this addictive? Is this going to be a problem? You know, I, I need to be aware of what I'm taking." No, no, no. Everybody does it. So everybody did it.
0: How long did you get stuck with that?
1: Um, about eighteen
0: months. Okay. Um, how did that affect your diabetes?
1: Well, I don't know because it was <laughs> Just... <laughs> um, not great. <clears throat>
0: yeah. What? Well,
1: what? I mean, I didn't test during that time. You're not going to exactly be be collecting your urine and putting tablets into it, and because by that time it was tablets and then strips. I just didn't do it. I didn't.
0: No kidding. And do you have any health issues at this point?
1: Um, yes, I do. Um, my kidneys are not great.
0: Okay. Um, are they? You're? They're watching them, I guess. Or you're- yes. Okay. Yes,
1: they're watching them.
0: Do you think you'll end up on dialysis at some point?
1: Uh, they don't think so because my kidneys have now been stable for seven years.
0: Okay, so you found. I oh, don't, I don't, well, yeah. I mean, you pull it. It's interesting. You've got like a half and half life. Like you're, like you're only sixty, but you've got thirty years of probably not paying attention at all, and thirty years of paying attention really strictly. Yes. Yeah, you probably just stopped whatever was about to go. About to go. Really I think well. I
1: probably caught it all just in time.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: um. I, so. I also have visual issues, but it's nothing to do with diabetes. So it's just luck of the draw, right? Um, but diabetic wise, my eyes are good. Um, everything else is good. I have no peripheral neuropathy. Um, yeah, I'm actually pretty disgustingly healthy, to be honest.
0: How would you like to know what your blood sugar is without poking a hole in your finger? You can with the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitoring system. Which is available at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Not only does Dexcom offer zero finger sticks, but you can get your glucose readings right on your smart device. That's your iPhone or your Android. Don't have a phone? That's okay. You can use Dexcom's receiver. On any of these devices, you're able to set up customizable alerts and alarms, setting your optimal range so that you'll get notified when your glucose levels go too high or too low. And, You can share this data with up to 10 followers. Imagine what that could look like. Your child could be at school, and their data could be available to you, your spouse, their aunt, the school nurse, anyone who you choose. My daughter's been wearing a Dexcom forever, and it helps us in multiple ways. Around meals, we're able to see if our boluses are well-timed and well-measured. If they aren't, we can tell by how her blood sugar reacts and then go back the next time and make an adjustment. Without the Dexcom CGM, we're sort of flying blind. But not just at meals, also during activity and sleep. The Dexcom offers us an unprecedented level of comfort and security. Being able to see my daughter's blood sugars in real time, and not just the number, but the speed and direction, is an absolute game changer if you're using insulin. Dexcom.com. Head over there today to see if you're eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. The Dexcom is at the center of how we've been able to keep our daughter's A1c between 5'2 and 6'2 for over seven years. We've been able to minimize variability and keep her blood sugars in a stable range because of the information that we can see with the Dexcom. These are our results and yours may vary. But using Dexcom's feedback has helped my daughter, without any food restrictions, live a more normal and healthy life. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. The Omnipod 5 automated insulin delivery system is available now and waiting for you at omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Omnipod 5 is the only tubeless automated insulin delivery system that integrates with the Dexcom G6 CGM, and it uses smart adjust technology to automatically adjust your insulin delivery every five minutes, helping to protect against highs and lows without multiple daily injections. Omnipod 5 is also available through your pharmacy, which means you can get started without the four-year durable medical equipment contract that comes with most insulin pumps, even when you're currently in warranty with another system. To get started today, go to omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Now, for those of you who aren't in the market for an automated system, but still want an insulin pump and love the idea of tubeless, you're looking for the Omnipod Dash. Head over to my link, omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. While you're there, you'll be able to learn everything you need to know about the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash. And you can also find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. My daughter Arden has been wearing the Omnipod since she was four years old, and she just turned 18. That is 14 years of wearing an Omnipod every day, and it has been nothing but a friend in this journey with insulin. Because the Omnipod is tubeless, you can wear it while you're showering, swimming, or participating in your favorite physical activity. It's a big deal to not have to disconnect from a tubed pump to do those things. Head over now to Omnipod.com forward slash juice to find out if you're eligible for that free 30-day trial of the dash, to learn more about the dash, or to learn more about the Omnipod 5. Get started today. Omnipod 5 full safety and risk information, as well as a list of compatible phones and clinical trial claims data, are available at my link, and at that same link, Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You can also find terms and conditions for that Omnipod 30 day trial. No, good for you. Uh, There's a lot of people from back then that just that insulin seemed to cover them well, you know?
1: Yeah. We didn't eat sweets in the same way that kids do today, though. There wasn't, when I was a kid, certainly in the UK, I don't know, obviously, I don't know much about America. But when I was in the UK, pop was pretty unusual. We didn't get sodas or juices very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drank milk or water, really, um, and milk was a was a mealtime thing, not a not a oh, I think I'll grab a glass of milk. Right. Um, so I think our diet was
0: really healthy. Yeah, that's interesting. It really is. Do you make any diet concessions now, or do you just eat the way you eat and you use insulin? um
1: yes i i'm i'm relatively low carb
0: okay um
1: i'm not zero carb and i don't restrict myself if i want something i'll have it and i'll go for it
0: right okay uh i'm sorry i have a lot in my head from you There's so you have a big life hold on a second yeah i do yeah uh i want to go backwards a little bit i mean sure how do you become a backup singer at 15
1: okay so my aunt was the nepotism, is the, is nepotism the answer. The answer. <laughs> um, my aunt was the head of the, um, the London School of Music, was for many, many years, and is, is, is a, was, a, was a famous opera singer. Okay. Um, so she was in the industry, and uh, the first person I toured with, Christa Berg, was somebody who requires backing singers who are quite good at singing in tune because he will lose his pitch otherwise um, and follow the back, you know, a a backing singer who's not quite as accurate. And so I got volunteered, voluntold to do some recording work and it all went from there.
0: No kidding. And so my whole family sang. How about your kids? Yes. Everybody can sing. but that's, there's something I have, um, actual jealousy about that's interesting <laughs> i have a terrible singing voice and um, anyone
1: can learn it's just not always worth the effort
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not going to shine quite bright enough uh, where i'll think the juice was worth the squeeze uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I i think you're right i think i'm just lucky to have a deep speaking voice to be perfectly honest
1: um yeah so you've got a very you've got a very pleasant speaking
0: voice yeah it's all i get lucky there so okay <laughs> so chris the berg and then like like we're talking about like Lady in Red? Yes. I, I got the right person, right?
1: Yes. Yes, but I'm talking prior to Lady in w- Red. Way,
0: way it? earlier than that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, I'm
1: talking Spanish train, Patricia the Stripper.
0: And you're out there just every night? Just Yeah. Did you travel? We were on tour
1: with, with Super Tramp.
0: <laughs> were you really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It really is a it's just wonderful.
1: And then tour with Peter Frampton. No kidding. Yeah.
0: And so if if I said to you, if not that I'm I'm not gonna do this, first of all, Suzanne, don't get worried. But if I started just spitting out songs, could you just start singing along to them? Probably. Yeah. But how long has it been since you've done it?
1: Since I've done what? Sung on stage? Yes. Uh oh gosh. Um The last thing I did was probably in the late 80s, early 90s. But I've never stopped singing. I still sing. I teach now. Right. Um, And I'm an international judge for singing competitions.
0: Are you really? Yeah. No kidding. Did any of these people know you had diabetes while you were out on the road with them? Yes, everybody. You told them? Yeah. What was the reasoning behind telling them at that point? In case I had a hypo. Okay. So you were worried about a low, but you didn't have that happen really? That, nope. Did you ever have it happen on stage where you had to do something?
1: No, I didn't have any, I've never had, I I never had a hypo that, that caused me to end up in the hospital. I never even had a hypo that pulled me off the stage. Um, I have had um, hypos where I know I've needed something, but I've been able to get to the next break and run off stage and chug something and get back on again. Gotcha.
0: Are there, you'll forgive me because you're a lady, Mm. but are there massive amounts of indiscriminate sex during these things? Huge amounts, yes. (laughs) Um, Thank you for answering. With a good time. (laughs) What can
1: I tell you? Sex and drugs and rock and roll. (laughs) Did
0: Did you meet your husband while doing this or afterwards?
1: Uh, I met my husband on the royal wedding day, Charles and Di. So 1985, I met my husband.
0: Are you in a pub watching it on television or?
1: Yes, he was, he was, it was his first job working as a barman. Um, 1985. So we were, no, 1985 is when we got married. I'm lying to you. The marriage, the, the wedding must have been a few years before that. Um, we got married in 1985 when I was 23. Yeah, we were 23. So um, we met before that, though, a few couple of years before that, on the Royal Wedding Day. He overcharged me 10 pence for a half pint of cider. And I argued with him until he finally said, you can keep it. And I said, I don't want it, it's daddy's, and walked away. So he knew what he was getting into.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's like, you know what, I would love to argue with this woman for a couple more decades. Um <laughs> let me get into this by the way do you think Suzanne that people right now can't even hear the words coming out of our mouth because they're so impressed that I figured out that you met him in a pub because you said the royal wedding
1: yeah I know that's pretty good I I, was there you're pretty
0: sharp. I I really impressed myself for a second just although
1: actually let's be real it wasn't a pub it was a country club (laughs) (laughs) because again daddy was a member i got you you.
0: i got you a bar at a nicer place i see yeah posh bar and 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 at that point you're so you got married a little later huh
1: well we got married i mean we were only 23 but yeah we got married pretty quick i guess really
0: okay wow and you're still and so you're still performing at that point when you're married yeah so you traveled without him yeah did the indiscriminate sex stop then
1: with anybody other than him yeah
0: <laughs> wouldn't it be great if i got you to uh, admit to cheating on your husband 30 years ago just now on a podcast cuz later you'd be like i don't know why i did that <laughs> that's that was no i say
1: that no i have always been faithful to my husband <laughs> that's lovely i didn't think you
0: <laughs> um what do you tell your kids when they know this is what you've done for a living their assumptions got to be there that you lived a fairly wild life like are you able to tell your kids like like when your 16 year old goes out can you say to them like don't smoke weed like you can't do that right like you're
1: No, no, we just said make sure you're in company and be careful.
0: Okay. Because that was your your experience with it was that it
1: yeah, was Yeah, and I, no, actually I didn't I I've never been a smoker. Okay. So I I haven't. Um yeah i actually haven't edibles yeah different matter but no i've never smoked because i worried more about my voice i suppose than i did about my pancreas
0: what was big then was it acid
1: everything, everything. cocaine okay. cocaine was the biggest thing on the music scene then
0: okay um interesting who was your favorite person to perform with rod stewart um who's the best singer
1: Me, <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was very very diplomatic. I don't know.
1: It's very difficult to say. Probably the best musician was Billy Joel.
0: Okay, but the Rod Stewart stuff is just fun to sing. I would imagine
1: he. But he was just the loveliest man. He's just the loveliest guy. Okay, we would play football, soccer backstage um, before we went on, and everybody would would have a. We would all gather together and do a pre-concert warm up and uh, and it was just a big family atmosphere. There was no, it was much less bitchiness and, and, and drama on his tours.
0: Mm -hmm. Don't say the name out loud, but in your head, who's the most famous person you've been intimate with? You have it. Yeah. Okay. That's all.
1: Yeah. On my 16th birthday. Really? Hmm.
0: You'll tell me when we're done. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, girls did you yeah yeah girls too yeah yeah i mean why not right in for a penny absolutely
1: i i have no yeah no i don't i don't it's it's i don't know everything was just fun everything was fun and free and easy and it was the i mean you know i guess we had the liberation of the the people from the 60s that passed on through into the 70s Mm -hmm. and the early 80s and then things became a lot more careful after the AIDS epidemic
0: began. Yeah, right. No, I remember that I, I was not, I mean, I was a child still in school, but yeah. I, I remember how that, like hearing adults talk about it, like there was a way the world used to work and it was over now was, was, yeah. was the vibe. Um,
1: yeah. And it, and it brought out a lot more homophobia
0: and. Uh, um, I think racism too. Right. It got yeah. Yeah. It got it got focused on, on blacks too, and it was. I remember it being really terrible for for. It was pretty
1: a, nasty. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, at least she got in before then.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Right. I had my fun.
0: The, the worst thing that happens is what? Something that takes a little penicillin, something like that. Back then, never, never for you. Good for you.
1: Nope. Good for you. Nope. Look at you. Told you I was never stupid.
0: Yeah. That's wonderful. So. <laughs> I I didn't realize we were gonna do all this. This is so much fun. I don't even give a shit. If you have diabetes. <laughs> I mean, we'll get back to it and all, but me you know. neither. Me neither, dude. Yeah. Somebody told me the other day um, they were listening to an After Dark episode with the uh, uh, stripper, and yeah. um, she's like, it was like forty five minutes into it, and I thought, does this girl have diabetes? And she's like, I don't even care. And then we just, you know, she just kept listening. Um, I thought that was just a wonderful thing to say that that the podcast is uh, is is entertaining for reasons that that aren't.
1: Helpful. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, diabetes is just a part of who I am, but it's not a defining characteristic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been naked
1: on stage too because I was in hair.
0: You were in hair. You know who was I on was. here? Um, oh God, who am I thinking of? He's a Canadian. He has diabetes. He's older than you. Why can't I think of his name? He's been on the podcast. Now people are like, "Come on, Scott." Um, Victor Garber.
1: Oh, right.
0: Yeah. Victor Garber was on like in the first couple of years of the show. He's uh Canadian left home very early at a really early age to perform actually. Yeah. And when he had type one, your stories are pretty interestingly similar. Huh. But was he in? Which what? what was that big show he was in? Hold on a second. I got this. I got the internet. He was in the Toronto production of Godspell. Godspell. Oh right. That's okay. I, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where he became famous first. Um, now young people are like, "Great hair, Godspell." I don't know what any of this means. Um, I know, right? Yeah. But they should.
1: I know. I know. They should. I toured. I did tour as Fantine in Les Mis before it went on to the Barbican in London.
0: And was this more nepotism, or by then had you like? really laid down a no
1: a i was marriage. known as being easy to work with i think by then
0: if i googled you what would, would would i find you
1: no because my stage name is not my real name okay there are naked pictures of me out there scott my children don't need to see those i
0: don't want to see those either not while i'm talking to you <laughs> later maybe suzanne later but not now um we'll keep that for after the podcast as well well I'm, i should start making it after the podcast <laughs> list um <laughs> I, uh, I put an episode up recently with uh, with a woman who was divorced and she'd put up with a lot of things from her ex. And at the end I said, can I ask you a question? Um, and then I'll, and you can answer it when the podcast is over. And she goes, sure. And I said, did he, did your ex-husband just have a really big, and then I just cut the audio off, but I never really finished the sentence. I just left it out there for people to wonder about, um, Cause I, I couldn't understand why she was putting up with him otherwise. And, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of how to end the podcast with you, but I think you might say so many things. I won't be able to pick one. Um, <laughs> is it, do you feel younger now because of the experiences you've had in the past? Do you think?
1: Do I feel younger? Um, when I get up in the morning, my body's not young, my body creaks and cracks and moans and groans. And I have a replacement hip, which is the youngest part of me. Um, but my brain is no different. I don't feel any older. I wonder why people gave me all these responsibilities I have now. I don't really understand where they came from. But I am—I think I am by nature, I am very enthusiastic about everything. Yeah. And I think that that keeps you young.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you can hear it in your voice. Like you, you're, you're telling these stories like you're 20 years old. And yes, you know, yes, I feel the same way. I, in my mind, I don't know how old I am.
1: No, me neither. But I'm certainly not 60. I, I walk towards a mirror and I'm like, oh, my God, there's my mother. And I'm like, oh, no, that's me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoy if I lay in bed in the same position too long and then I decide to roll over, I have to will myself to do it. <laughs> that's my favorite yeah. part of being older so far. My, yep. back, my back getting stiff for just. Reasons that seem incomprehensible, you, you know, Yeah, um, that's something else. So when did you, so when you switched over to pumping, um, yeah. you're saying just a few years ago,
1: uh, a year ago, a year and a half ago, I guess. What, what made you do that? Um, well, I, I was doing really well on, ins- on injections and I, I thought if it ain't broke, don't fix it has always been my kind of mentality.
0: Mm.
1: And then I thought, but try it. So Alberta have a pump program where they pay for your pump. Um, we have, we have pretty good healthcare here. Um, a lot of things are covered, but a lot of things aren't covered. So you have to pay for your own insulin and things like that. So, I mean, you know, we've got insurance. Um, it's not the best insurance in the world, but it's pretty good. But a bottle of insulin here of, I use Novo Rapid now. And a bottle of Nova Rapid is like $35. Okay. So it's not nothing's terribly expensive but I thought uh, yeah I think I'm going to try the pump. Now we have horses so I ride horses and so I didn't want tubing. I've got dogs and horses and grandchildren and so I didn't want tubing so I went for the Omnipod. Okay. Um and I also wasn't terribly interested in looping anyway which is why I didn't go on to the Dexcom. I am too much of a control freak to let a piece of computer technology manage my life for me.
0: That's a fair statement. I I would rebut by sending you Arden's last twelve hours on our graph. But I hear if if I
1: was a child, I think it would be very different. Then yeah. I think if I was younger and I hadn't had all these years of thinking about my diabetes, these last thirty years of thinking about what everything is, I think it would be very different. But I don't know. That is such a large part of my. Daily existence that I was a little reluctant to give that up. Funnily enough,
0: is it that you just do it now without having to think, or that? I yes,
1: I don't really think about it. I look at a plate of food, or I fight. I I I think about what I'm cooking, and I go, okay, I need this much insulin twenty minutes before I eat it. Bang, done. So I don't really think about it, but I also don't really want to give that control up
0: do you know why enough
1: to do i just i think i'm a bit of a control freak and i think if i didn't have that i'd start over controlling everybody else <laughs>
0: the, the dogs would have to learn how to walk on their hind legs because you'd be bored yeah yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. no, no. I, I i i take your point like and i'm not i'm certainly not saying you should or you shouldn't i'm just interested in in why you say that so
1: i yeah I, am i against it per se no. And certainly as I get older and maybe if things start to get more difficult, I might look into it. But the, the thing, the other thing is, it's almost a way to convince myself that I don't need a Dexcom. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, it would be hard for me to get a Dexcom because I got a letter from a doctor, a letter of medical, well, not, you know, similar type of thing of the medical necessity. And Dexcom still refused me or my insurance company still refused me. Um and also I would reach the maximum on my insurance payout pretty quickly. Okay, So exactly what I would do if the pump program here started to include CGNs, I'm not sure. I think Libre is the best thing since sliced bread, so I'd probably love it, but I am not going to stress over any of
0: it. Okay, Do you give a lot of time to thinking about when you're older? Like you're no. being able to see meters, being able to like articulate with your hands and things like that. Nope. Hmm. Okay. Um,
1: Not really. I mean, occasionally I do think. I mean, dementia is more common in in diabetics, right? Um. So I do worry a little bit about that, but but then I decide that that's a waste of my time, so I stop worrying about it.
0: So it's just going to happen when it happens, and then you'll yeah. You'll, you'll I'm
1: adjust. like I, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic by nature.
0: Yeah, so you're going to have to just adjust, and you you are still married, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, are you? Does he have much? But you know, I, I'm asking this question. I already know the answer to it, but I was going to ask how much he helps you with your diabetes. But I'm guessing the answer is not at all.
1: Certainly not very much. No, I mean he would if I asked him, and he's really good. If I say to him sugar levels are running low and um, he'll go and grab me something if I'm doing something else. So he, and and there are a couple of times when I haven't necessarily picked it up and he'll go check your blood sugar a minute, will you? So it's just a part of our life, but it's not something that he does. No. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I want to put my pump on my back, he puts it on for me. So yeah. Um, things like that. But, but you, you're on your
0: own pretty much by, by choice. Yes. Okay. Um would you mind if we pivoted to your daughter for a second? The um, not in the slightest. The um, is it? How do they pronounce it? Ears, ears,
1: elos, I think we say elos in the UK, and you say elos. E h l e r s d a n l o s
0: syndrome. And that's a connective tissue issue, right? Yes, but mainly, mainly about skin.
1: No, hers joints. isn't. Hers is um, vascular.
0: Okay. How does that impact her life?
1: Um, she could die of an aortic aneurysm.
0: So weakened veins, arteries—that kind of stuff.
1: Yes, there go the dogs. Sorry. You're your um, welcome. Yes. yes, she could. She, she weakened veins are a part of it. She has a scan every six months to make sure that there are no bulges anywhere that need to be treated.
0: And and is that what happens? They look for stuff and then they go reinforce it.
1: They'll look for stuff and then they'll, if they can, they'll they'll repair it.
0: Has that happened to her yet? Not yet, no. Okay. How young was she when you... She does have permanent...
1: She does have constant dislocations. Uh,
0: Her joints dislocate? Yeah. Hypermobility? Yeah. How old was she when you figured this out about her?
1: She was diagnosed at 13, but we just thought she was clumsy because she was always hurting something and she got a lot of fractures, which... We later come to find out are avulsion fractures because the tendon or the ligament have ripped off a little piece of the the bone. bone. Mm.
0: Is that? um, I mean, you joked earlier about the gene pool, but is that stopping her from thinking about children?
1: Um, She will not likely be able to have children naturally anyway because of the weakness of the vessels. I doubt the uterus would. I doubt that the baby or even meredith would survive it no i don't think it's very likely
0: i see is she married no no um she's
1: she's 22 and currently living her own wildlife as a groom
0: i i and you said groom so she was explain that to me is that is she the, works with horses okay so she's a she she prepares them grooms them keeps them healthy. yeah she rides as well yeah do you know i know a man who does the dental work on horses I don't
1: know. Oh, right. I, yeah. We, our horses get their
0: teeth done every year. I don't know what yeah. it's called. Um, I just. Uh, Equine dentistry. <laughs> well, so uh, my son, you know, is a baseball player his whole life. And, uh, you know, there's kids that you play with and they come and go and then they're back again. And so, there's, you know, eventually you meet people that you just see over and over again over decades. Yeah. And one day I was just talking to this guy who I'd known forever. And I was like, what do you do for a living? He's like, oh, I work on horses' teeth. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was, I was just endlessly fascinated by. It. He files them, and I'm like, "How do you, you know?" So now I'm like, "He's a nice guy, but he's a real normal, average guy." And yeah, um, well,
1: he'll be halfway up a horse's knife with a Black and Decker drill.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, like you know, did you have any? They didn't like. Sorry, them. don't be sorry.
1: Hang on, give me a
0: second. Do your thing.
1: okay they're gonna bark for a bit because someone's come to clean out the dog pen
0: <laughs> well i'll say this and probably just trim out them barking later so this this gentleman that i know like i asked them you know what did you like go to school to, to learn this you know and it turns out it was a blue collar thing that he picked up Like it was just a job that he worked with somebody else when he was younger and he learned how to do it. He's no special degree or anything. And I thought, oh, that's, that's insane. It's very cool. He seems very happy doing it as well. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we use a vet. We don't use a dentist. We use a vet, but, but I know people who do use an equine dentist.
0: You know, we can wait a minute, Suzanne, if you want. Yeah.
1: I'm really sorry. Don't be sorry. Um, Somebody comes on a Thursday. Normally they come in the afternoon. (laughs)
0: But not today, hey. It's okay. Don't worry. We can chill out for a second. Your life seems l- lovely.
1: <laughs> it is. My life is wonderful. My life has always been wonderful and continues to be wonderful. I am very, very lucky.
0: Were you able to pass this kind of free nature onto your kids?
1: One of them, uh, a little bit. My son is much more like me. Um they're they're both an odd mix, I suppose, of myself and my husband. My husband is is tends to being more serious and studious than I am. Um, I'm just going to go and shut them up. Well, do that's your me. thing.
0: Do your thing. Okay. <laughs> they're like the lady. Looks, <laughs> the lady looks pissed. We'll stop. Um, <laughs> Well, I was gonna say, like, your husband couldn't be like you. Or you would not successfully have raised children or bought a home. <laughs> so
1: this is this is true. Although Alastair, I think, is quite a he's quite optimistic too. Um, but I am very much on the art side of things and he is a an engineer, a chemical engineer who paints.
0: Oh, that's so nice. he
1: has his own artistic bent, mm-hmm. but he is much steadier
0: i guess yeah kelly's the one who's like more like i don't know if serious is the right word but she's very um she's studious and yeah and a hard worker like if you i don't care what kind of business you have you hire my wife you'll love her you you know what i mean like she she works she knows what she's supposed to do she does it really well she doesn't ask for help she gets it done she takes it seriously like it's her own job like it's her own life that she's doing you know it's um and um and I'm more like the one who's like, oh, it's nice out today. We should scrap all of our plans and do something that nice weather says to do. Yeah. Y- you
1: know, Yeah. That's me. I'm very, I suppose, spontaneous. Disorganized would be another way to call it, to, yeah. to, to name it. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, we've complemented each other fairly well raising children. Um, but, uh, you know, if you want to know some more interesting facts about me, my husband actually is gay, came out as gay. 20 years ago, and him and his partner live in the basement of the house, and I live in the upstairs of the house.
0: Wait a minute. Wait. Hold on. Okay. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Do your children are obviously aware of this? Absolutely. Okay. And you – all right. Hold on. Uh, Do you date?
1: I have done, yes. I'm not dating currently, but I certainly have done in the past,
0: yes. That, and so why did you guys decide to stay in the same house?
1: Because we still had a daughter to raise together. When we moved here, so we moved here from uh, the UK and everything was fine. And I thought everything in the garden was rosy. And we got here in the February. And in the end of March, I found out, worked out, my husband was gay and A week later, my daughter developed leukemia. So by the time I stopped to think about Alistair being gay, I had that initial, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and then the oh my god moved on because my daughter was very, very sick. So by the time I'd stopped and thought about it all, we were still raising a child together, and he was doing him, and I was really just raising the children at that point. And so we decided that. He, I am no longer in love with him, but I still love him. He is my best friend.
0: Mm-hmm. So you weren't, um, angry. obviously you're not angry with him for feeling the way he feels, but it's, it's shocking to you and your, I
1: can't him. possibly be angry at the right. way he feels because it's not the way he feels. It's who he is. Yeah. He can't choose this. It is the way he is genetically gay. Um, it is in his makeup. And we had a great, a great relationship up until he came out. We had a bit of a rocky road there for a little while, and now we are good again. So he is still my help meet.
0: And the, the, I'm sorry, the leukemia is the same daughter we were talking about earlier? Yes. And that, yes. that she, she got through?
1: Yes, but only just. We were told to pick. We were told to plan her funeral.
0: No kidding. At, at when yeah. she was just a couple years old?
1: She was two and then again at three.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. Twice. Sorry. No, don't be sorry.
1: Um, yeah. So she she was. Um, yeah. So she she got through that and she's she's a tough cookie. She really is a tough
0: cookie. I imagine
1: um, she really, really is. She's an incredible kid. She actually um, got into read neurosciences at uh, Calgary University but decided that while her body would still support her she wanted to run wild for a little while and then she'll come back and go to university when her body starts to break down a bit more.
0: Hmm. I listen you need to apologize for nothing except for waiting 54 minutes to bring up that your husband came out like that far into your marriage. <laughs> 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 it's the only thing you need to apologize. You should have loved, you, when I said introduce yourself you should have said, "Hey, I'm Suzanne, I have diabetes." And my husband came out. <laughs> that, that's how that should have gone. But other than that, I'm good. Um, wow. And and everyone should be proud of me uh, when Suzanne said she was busy raising the babies while Alistair was, I thought, raising penises. But I did not say it out loud. So
1: <laughs> That's not true. He He's a good dad. He's a brilliant I dad. I made him sound like he wasn't. And he is. He's an amazing dad. And he's always been there for the children. Um, but he has – my daughter for a while called him the penny because he kept turning up in other men's pockets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. You have a varied lifestyle. This is really something. Um, there's a book in you. Like you should be a movie or a mini. Yeah, series. I know,
1: right? No one would believe it, Scott. I've said that many times before. If I wrote a book about my life, nobody would believe it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I um there's a portion of my extended family that I once thought I should turn into a sitcom. And I just thought people would think it was hamfisted if I wrote it down. They'd just think like that's not people don't live like that. That's he's making this up. So I know, right? Yeah. No, we
1: genuinely sit around the dinner table and everybody bursts into song because somebody said something. And I, I don't know, we're a pretty, we're a pretty crazy lot. Okay. So
0: that's wonderful. Um, I, I, I just because we're up on an hour, uh, d- is there anything I didn't ask you about that you wanted me to? I can't imagine there's something we left out, but if there is, I want to know.
1: I don't think so. I guess I didn't talk much about diabetes, did I? But it is a back. It takes a back seat in my life. It's not front and foremost in my mind all the time. I am aware of it. It floats around in the back of my head all the time. Um, wherever I am, it is always and I will flat out panic if I don't have insulin and a blood testing kit with
0: me. OK, you, you just you treat Literally. it in a very modern way now.
1: Yes, but I yes. So ever since I've been able to test my blood, which again was about the 80s, I believe, um, I have carried um, a a blood glucose monitor of some sort and testing strips and all the rest of it. And now I have the the Libre, which isn't a CGM. I realise that, but it's but it's a similar type of technology, I suppose. And I have the pump, but I don't leave home without everything ready to replace it
0: yeah um how did you find me how are we talking
1: how did I find you um the internet um I actually I listened to a podcast and I typed in on my apple podcast app thing I typed in looking for things about diabetes wondering if there was anything no, no kidding. um no kidding. And it was around about the time that I found out that my kidneys weren't doing quite as well. Um, That I started looking into various different forums, I suppose, to begin with. And then I had pneumonia and my sugar levels were all over the place. And once I got rid of the pneumonia, I couldn't sort out my sugar levels again. I couldn't stabilize everything. Um, And that was when I hit on the podcast and the whole bowl with insulin thing and, you know, the whole, everything sort of started to slot together and, and uh I got back on track again.
0: Oh, I'm glad. I mean, as you were talking earlier, like you said, you didn't talk much about diabetes, but in my opinion, you did. I think, I think what we heard was, you know, you were diagnosed at a really young age before, you know, much treatment was really honestly available day to day Yeah, that you went out, you led a an interesting active life you know you met people had children got married found out your husband was gay bought dogs rode horses like i think that's the kind of stuff people need to hear that you can do all that stuff with diabetes like uh, there are plenty of people who are worried that not just you know all of those things aren't possible they think one of those things is impossible so it
1: hasn't stopped me doing anything i've wanted to do ever
0: it doesn't sound like it um no but i i just wondered because I mean, you sound like you're doing so well. Like I didn't imagine you Mm. would you would need like something like this. So but you did find like the way I talk about diabetes to be valuable kind of like straightened you back up again, you're saying?
1: Yeah, well, it got me back on track again because it, it sometimes you do get, I suppose that's probably the closest I came to a diabetic burnout, which I hear about all the time. And I didn't think I'd ever had, but looking back on it, maybe I did. Maybe this fighting constantly with blood sugar levels was just getting exhausting. And I was like, it was like I was constantly correcting. Okay. Um, And so that was when I thought about the whole thing and started thinking about pumps and all the rest of it. And uh, just thought, you know, yeah, I've got to, I'm getting older. And so it's, I would say, as I've got older, my diabetes has got a little more brittle in a way, I think. My responses are... Quicker and slower. So my responses to food are quicker. My responses to insulin are slower, maybe. Okay. Um, so if I, I am not particularly careful about what I eat, but if I step too far off that trail, I will pay for it. Um, and I don't enjoy that feeling. I enjoy feeling well.
0: Right. So what do you need to do now? Like, are you pre bolusing longer?
1: Um, I use a lot of, I I always pre bolus anyway, Mm -hmm. but I use a lot of extended boluses.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Um, yeah. And I, I don't take a huge amount of insulin. I don't think, um, I fill my pump every three days with a hundred units.
0: No, that's a, I mean, that's 30 some units a day. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, what is that? What, what is your basal, like
1: 0.7? Uh, yeah, it varies between 0.55 at night to the highest is 0.8 first thing in the morning. Okay.
0: Well, well, it sounds like you're doing great. I also don't think of it as using a lot of insulin or a little bit of insulin. I just think of it as using whatever amount of insulin you need. So
1: Yeah, exactly. And I don't really care too much about, about what I need. And if I'm sick, my insulin goes through the roof. Yeah, I mean, I will literally use 8 to 10 times more insulin. Gotcha. Okay. So if I if I do get sick, I don't use the pump.
0: Do you switch back? Yeah. Have you ever done what they call untethered? Like uh
1: Um I I thought about it, but I don't need it. So, um and I prefer, I suppose, to What I what I what I do when I'm sick is actually I do I leave the pump on and I leave the pump running on what I've got as my sickness basal, which is like two units an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I dose on top of that.
0: It sounds like you got it all together. I was just surprised that you found me because I mean, not because your age, although it makes it a little more unlikely. But um, just because it didn't seem like you would have needed this. But it's really cool that it that you found it and that it was of any value to you at all. I, I'm, I think there's
1: a difference between need and want.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, Sometimes I, you
1: like – it's nice to know there's a community out there. Okay. I don't have any friends who are type 1 diabetics at
0: all. Gotcha.
1: Um, so I just – it's nice to know that you're not the only one because people don't understand. I mean, now I'm sounding like, Oh my God, I'm a diabetic. Everything is awful. And it isn't, but it is different. And it is a part of your life that you have to take care of. Um, and sometimes it's nice to n- know somebody who understands the words hypo bolus.
0: No, I agree. I, I really do. I also think that's why like conversations like this one are some of my favorite because I think we both didn't speak about diabetes and only spoke about diabetes. Somebody asked me recently. Uh, I don't know they, the way they said it was like you know what what's it like making a diabetes podcast? And I said I don't really think of it as a diabetes podcast. I think of it as a podcast where I mostly talk to people who have diabetes, and I don't. Yeah, and I don't know that that, that most people would see a difference in that, but I see a huge difference in it.
1: Yeah, so I am a, di- like I, so I've always said, I am a diabetic, but it is not a defining characteristic.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's how I see this whole thing. So, all right, yeah. well, I can't thank you enough for doing this and for having such a great life and telling us about it and being demure. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, you were demure in places. You wouldn't say who the best singer was, although I know someone <laughs> popped in your head. And yeah. and I, I was demure and didn't ask you about the most famous person you had sex with, although I am going to stop this recording and ask you immediately. <laughs> And, um, and then I'll spend my afternoon trying to find those nude pictures of you and then I'll get on with my life. That'll be pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I really appreciate you doing this and taking the time out of your day. I was, it was really Thank funny. you. I appreciate
1: everything you do. You're out there for people and it's a great thing, Scott.
0: Well, that, it's my pleasure. A huge thanks to Suzanne and Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get started today. I also want to remind you to go to Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Get started with automated insulin delivery with that Omnipod 5. Or check out the Omnipod dash and see if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial. When you visit the sponsors, including Omnipod Dexcom and all the rest. If you do it from juiceboxpodcast.com and use my links or use the links in your audio app, well, then they know you came from me and that really helps. So thank you. Many of the series within the podcast, a lot of the management stuff is located in your podcast player, right? But if you're looking for lists of them or you'd like to be able to listen to them online, you can do that at juiceboxpodcast.com, or more specifically, diabetesprotip.com. Since this is a shorter episode, I thought I would leave you with a couple of minutes of Suzanne and I trying to get set up for the recording. I don't know why, but I found it delightful. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. That's true. Do you have headphones?
1: um i do somewhere um i don't to be truthful i hate them though do i have to use them
0: <laughs> well i don't if you hate them um so here's the problem is that you're going to when you're just speaking into the end of your ipad which is basically what you're doing um yeah. you are you're going to change distances from the microphone without realizing it your your voice is going to get softer and louder we're also going to hear room noise and the hollowness of your room which is not something you're accustomed to worrying about but i think about Um, right okay yeah can we try it to see what it sounds like yes hold on a moment because i have to find something you go ahead thank you I okay. think okay. okay.
1: Okay, so I found a box that should contain them. <laughs> that
0: doesn't sound promising.
1: No, it doesn't, does it? No, uh, hmm.
0: <laughs> you didn't fall did you
1: you know what i genuinely
0: can't find them scott that's okay well we'll just i'm quit. so sorry don't be sorry we'll get you close to it and be a little bit cognizant about not tapping your feet or moving around and stuff like that That's okay right.
1: <laughs> right
0: okay yes i'm not wasting your accent we're doing this don't you worry <laughs>
1: What are you talking about? I've been in Canada for 20 years. Can't tell?
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) You sound like Wayne Gretzky. Um, (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. Uh, So here's how this goes, right? You uh, introduce yourself any way you want to be known. And um, don't feel pressure to use your last name. Don't feel pressure to say specific places where you live or you do things or... Use people's names if you don't want to, you know, if you're going to talk about someone in your life, you can refer to them as your mom or your partner. You don't have to say, you know, Jim and Bill or whatever. So, um, you know, after that, just introduce yourself and we'll start talking.
1: Okay. Are we ready?
0: I'm always ready. I've been recording the whole time you've been pouncing around your room looking for those headphones.
1: (laughs) I'm so sorry.
0: Okay. I I
1: just got to hope my dogs don't bark. I have to tell you Um, right
0: now, all that's going at the end of the episode. you just bang it around. <laughs> with, with no explanation it's just gonna run at the end it's gonna <laughs> so. go
1: straight in there fair enough i get it
0: <laughs> go ahead
1: okay so